let's be real. Lawsuits are no fun, but with Paulson and Nace, at least they are a little easier. With two DC-born partners, Paulson and Nace will fight for you the way only a Washingtonian could. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, and other complex injury cases involving negligence. So if you have been hurt or lost a loved one because of someone else's mistake or negligence, call Paulson and Nace for a no-obligation consultation. Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Today on CityCast DC, it's Giving Tuesday. And whether you're writing a check or planning to volunteer your time, one thing you'll want to know is whether an organization is a good steward and a good cause. Luckily, our guest today publishes an annual book of the region's best local charities. He's here with us for some very timely advice. It's Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. I'm Michael Schaefer, and this is CityCast DC. Matthew Geyer, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you are the co-executive director of the Catalog for Philanthropy Greater Washington. This is all about helping people make sense of the local charity scene. And around this time of year, so many people want to donate. Uh, it can be daunting, though, to know uh, where to start, to know what's worth your time and, and money and what's going to waste <laughs> your time and money. So if you've got only you know an hour a week to volunteer or $100 to give, what's the best place to, to do that? The best answer is local nonprofits. So we focus specifically at the catalog on local organizations with under $4 million budgets, so relatively grassroots. Uh, so these are groups that are led by people on the ground, are more likely to be led by folks of color, are more likely to be led by folks from the communities that they're working in. And you can know that dollar is going to go farther there uh, and really be used for that local impact. The biggest thing is knowing what you care about. Right. There's plenty of organizations out there, plenty of issues that matter. Uh, so first and foremost, know what's top of mind for you in terms of population or area, social issue. Uh, and then you can do your research. Uh, local media is a great place to start. But the catalog itself has a list of over 400 local charities uh, that have all been reviewed by the community uh, that you can search by all so those this categories. This is like, the, like a consumer reports, like good housekeeping seal of approval for... Exactly. For, um, yeah. What yeah. and you and you guys do some sort of work to vet that they're not going to be wasting money and so on. We do. Yeah, we have a team of over two hundred volunteer community advocates that read through applications every year from nonprofits across our region, uh, select those making the most critical local impact, uh, and then lift those up for people to find to support, volunteer with, advocate for, etc. Well, what what category of charities do you think is most overlooked right now? Yeah, I think, you know, sadly, uh, every social issue seems like it's kind of uh, top of mind and urgent right now. Uh, but I would say especially um, education and mental health are two that people are talking a lot about, but still the need is so high. Uh, I think it's still being overlooked a little bit, especially on the education front. A lot of the education organizations that are focused on the intersection of mental health and youth education. So like Our Minds Matter, for instance, is one of our partners in Northern Virginia that works with middle school students across the area that don't just have learning loss from the last couple of years, but obviously have a lot of mental health challenges and anxiety, et cetera, like many of us do in recovering from the pandemic. So organizations like that that are focusing on out-of-school time, providing safe spaces for students, and really reconnecting students is really critical. 
Besides writing a check, what can someone do for that organization? Yeah, so for a lot of our partners, uh, there's volunteer opportunities as well. You can search for volunteer opportunities and donation opportunities on our website. Uh, and then also just advocacy. And a lot of times people think that means political, but that can just mean as simple as sharing that nonprofit story on your social media feed, making your friends and family aware of the great work happening. So like everything, philanthropy, as you know better than me, it's really subject to trends. What is, you know, to laugh, for lack of a better word, what's hot these days? A lot of folks are looking at workforce development, how to get people in kind of new jobs and different jobs than they've been before. Obviously, environment folks are really focused on. There's some really great local groups doing environmental work in the D.C. area. We think of that as such a national and international issue, but it also happens on the ground here where we live. Uh, and then I think people are beginning to look at our arts organizations have had it really tough the last couple of years. So how we protect and promote those cultural organizations that really kind of protect who we are as a community. Uh, so your site's filter, it's uh, divided up into different categories. People can help if they want. Uh, and the categories are nature, culture, education, and human services. Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about each of these categories and which organizations stand out to you. So I was wondering if you can Walk me through these in a little bit of detail, like nature. What kinds of things are in there, and are there any specific ones that jump out at you? Yeah, so we have uh, over 20 organizations locally that are focused specifically on education or animal rescue, things of the sort, uh, and a lot really focused on the watershed. Um, so especially in a city like D.C., we often see right water pollution and kind of water access be one of the most top of mind issues for economic justice and economic restoration. Uh, so we have a few different organizations like Potomac Riverkeeper Network, um, Nature Ford, which used to be the Audubon Society, that are really looking at protecting that watershed alongside organizations like Anacostia Watershed uh, to make sure we all have clean rivers to swim in and eat from and walk by uh, and making sure people have equal access to that. Also in the nature space, I'll say we have several that are helping connect youth to nature. Uh, so Kenilworth Aquatic Gardens, uh, the National Youth Garden, all those are uh, organizations that are helping promote local kids in nature and kind of getting connected to the natural space. Another of the categories is, is culture. Yeah, so culture is a really interesting one, especially over the last couple of years, because they were hit so hard by the pandemic. Um, obviously, people weren't going to plays or theater or performances, right? So any of these kind of cultural performing arts organizations um, really lost pretty much all their revenue. And even in good times, uh, even in good times, the percentage of their budget that is covered by, you know, butts in seats is uh, is not going to be 100%. And um, uh, they always uh, took donations and uh, to, to make up the difference. Yes. Yeah. It was tight margins before the pandemic and even uh, more difficult financially afterwards. So a lot of these organizations really need both our support by showing up at their performances, but also our philanthropic support. Um, so a couple of organizations there. Uh, we also have, in addition to just the performing arts in this category, uh, a lot of organizations that do community arts work. So again, connecting kids with arts, with culture, um, using that as an educational tool. So the educational theater company, is one that comes to mind. They do a lot of great uh, youth engagement and kind of activations. Uh, musicianship is one we often recommend. They do mentoring and tutoring uh, around the city. Uh, but we have several in there that are both on the performing side. Thomas Circle Singers is a really great local choir. And also things like the DC Funk Parade uh, that's in there. Uh, the Gay Men's Chorus of DC is in there. Uh, but then also a lot of the youth engagement arts organizations as well. Tell me about the education space. Yeah, so the education space is uh, our largest kind of single category. 
uh, not surprisingly. Uh, when you look across the D.C. area, again, pre-pandemic, a lot of challenges with educational disparities, with out-of-school time, with connecting students and resources, and even more so uh, now. So when we think about kind of specific organizations there, I really would look a lot at some of the after-school programs like After School All-Stars uh, that do great work at engaging kids outside of school to make sure what they learned in the classroom sticks and to make sure they have a safe space. There's also a sort of perennial category, which is human services. I take that to mean dealing with poverty, inequality, and so mm -hmm. on. Yep. Housing, uh, food, family support, legal support is a really big category we've seen grown over the years. So a lot of legal advocacy and legal service organizations are in there. Then also any of our community and civic engagement. As we all know right now, uh, important to build a stronger community and more engaged folks in that. And we have a lot of organizations doing that work every day. Safe Sister Circle does some really great work. They work uh, specifically with survivors of domestic violence, uh, women of color, east of the river, uh, and they do so in a very culturally competent way. So all their staff and the lawyers that are volunteering there and working there are all also women of color. So they can provide direct and kind of culturally competent service to those survivors. Uh, then Free Minds Book Club does some great work, focuses on uh, recidivism, focuses on guys in prison as they kind of come back to the community. Uh, and they actually use poetry to do so. So they connect with uh, men who are currently incarcerated, help them identify a book that talks to them, and then actually engage volunteers. This is a great organization you can volunteer with. Engage volunteers to read and give feedback on poetry the guys are writing. It's a correspondence back and forth, and they actually have incredible stats and incredible impact on what their programs are able to do to help folks get connected in the community, get jobs afterwards, all from poetry. Not something you would have expected or seen in a policy recommendation, right? But it made a real difference and is a, a really cool program to engage with. So I know you guys used to list a number of international charities, and and I think you've taken that down. Tell me why. Yeah, so we, we used to list organizations that were headquartered here in D.C. but did work abroad. Uh, but we really saw donors wanting to support organizations that are both headquartered and working here, knowing that there's other great sources out there if you're looking to support international organizations that you can find lists of. So a couple of years ago, we made that shift to being just local impact uh, when it comes to our nonprofit listing. You know, today is uh, Giving Tuesday. Why is Giving Tuesday a thing? Like, what's what's the history? When did it start? Yeah, it's super interesting. So it's only been around about 10 years. So I think a lot of people these days assume it's been around forever, but it's still relatively new uh, as a movement and as a day and has grown to be in that time in those 10 years, the largest single day of giving in the U.S., and a day that over 85 countries participate in now. So it's no longer even just a U.S. phenomenon. And actually started right up the road in Baltimore with a small organization that wanted to get people rallied behind local causes. And that sentiment really took off. And I think it's because people want to get engaged in their local community and want that day to really celebrate giving and generosity. So I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, Washington is a, it's a unique place, right? It's got a lot of transients. It has a lot of people whose day jobs uh, are uh, on some kind of service, with government, et cetera, uh, people who make a really comfortable income, but there's actually not as much like glitzy Wall Street kind of wealth. And I'm, I'm wondering, how does our charity scene look different from the rest of the country, from other places you've, you've studied? Yeah, so it's really interesting. You know, the first part of that, you're definitely spot on with that. We have a more engaged population than pretty much anywhere else, right? It's rare you meet someone in the area that doesn't care about something. You might 
very much disagree with what they care about or what they want to support, but they definitely care, right? And that's half the battle in a lot of places across the country is getting folks to care about the local issues. And that's not the challenge here. I think the the challenge here is the fact that, as you also mentioned, folks are working in service, working in national issues. So a lot of times are, are tired of talking about those by the end of the day. So I think a lot of our job is reminding folks that while those national issues, regional issues are really important, those local challenges also exist and persist. So what you're saying is like someone might say, well, look, I work all day, folk, right? You know, thinking about poverty, I, I, I could make a lot more money if I was a Wall Street lawyer. So at the end of the day, do I really need to give? My life is this. Um, I imagine that's a, a, a weird challenge that you wouldn't have if people were just uh, making uh, capitalistic money all the time. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, folks are so uh, ready to engage in the national conversation here, which is awesome. Uh, but just remembering that, you know, those education policies you're talking about during the day also are impacting kids on the street at night here in D.C. And it's important that we're kind of thinking about both and having that local focus. Hey, is there anything we missed? I just encourage folks to go to givelocaltogether.org today. Uh, We have over 200 charities on the site that you can support. You can search by social issue, neighborhood, BIPOC-led, and they they need your support. So give local today. Matthew, say the name of the site again. Uh, Givelocaltogether.org. Awesome. Wait, I have to ask you, are you writing a check today? And if so, to who? Ooh, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't like to play. I don't know if you're allowed to say this for bias. Yeah, reasons. I don't. I don't like to play any favorites. Uh, I love. I love all our organizations, but I will say, uh, Generation Hope, a couple others uh, are definitely personal favorites, but they're all great, and you can't go wrong today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. David, thanks for chatting with me. So like you and I both have cars in the DC metro area and sometimes they're great, but sometimes they can be a hassle. And I heard you had car issues, man. Yes, my car like me is old and falling apart. (laughs) And so I wanted to get it fixed. But one of the truly unpleasant tasks I find in the world is getting your car fixed because you have to take it usually somewhere extremely distant, extremely inconvenient, arrange some alternate form of transportation. And so I heard about Rota, Rota Rota.com. And I went on the Rota.com website and they will come and pick your car up, take it from you, and then do the work and bring it back to you. And so I made an appointment on Roto, which was easy as pie, beautiful user interface um, for the work that I wanted done. The valet showed up at around 10 o'clock at my house as exactly on time, very easy, just handed him my keys. He drove off with my car. About an hour later, April called me she said, here are some things that we found with your car in addition to what you want to do. She sent me videos that Michael... Wait, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a car nerd, so I like want to know the nitty gritty of what's happening because I, I don't know stuff. A million percent. They sent me this video. There was a particular belt that was had broken and they sent me a video of it and they sent me a list of sort of here are the things that were recommended, here are the things that seemed urgent to fix and I could choose what I wanted to fix and sent that back to them, which took me like three minutes. Michael, the technician, fixed it. They then texted me and said, oh, your car's on the way back. My car was back in front of my house at 2.30. I'd given it to them at 10. It was back in front of my house that afternoon. Also, note, the valet did a much better job parking in front of my house than I do. (laughs) Don't they always? So much closer to the curb. And it was an incredibly pleasant, super easy experience. And they were very trustworthy. They were clear about what they were going to fix. And it was incredibly convenient. Yeah. So this like seems like a dream. Uh, I have used them before, but it's been a bit. Would you use them again for something like this? I would use Rota 
again in a second. I would use Amazing. And they have a discount for us, too, for CityCast listeners. So if you nice. go to roto.com, they have the discount code CityCast20, and you get 20% off. Sweet. Uh, thoughts? David, thank you so much for talking with me. Again, CityCast listeners, you get 20% off off any Rota service, up to $100, using the code CityCast20. So go to roda.com. That's R-O-D-A.com to book your appointment. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. And before you go, lead producer Priyanka Tilbe is here with some quick news. The clock is ticking for the D.C. Housing Authority. The troubled agency has until tomorrow to respond to dozens of critical findings from the Federal Department of Housing and Urban Development. And that's on top of a bunch of other shakeups and negative internal reviews for DCHA. They only have until the end of the year to prove they're making progress on these issues or the federal government could get involved. In better housing news, though I realize that's a pretty low bar, the Leland Tenants Association in Tacoma Park bought its 15-unit apartment building. They used private and public loans and grants, and local officials, including County Executive Mark Elrich, say that they hope this is a model that can be replicated and that tenants everywhere can take advantage of the financial assistance available to them. Also, the Federal Aviation Authority and National Transportation Safety Board are investigating after a small plane crashed into power lines in Montgomery County on Sunday evening. The passenger and pilot who were stuck inside have been rescued and hospitalized. Almost 100,000 homes and businesses lost power, and school was canceled across the district. But it's still unclear what caused the crash. And lastly, our first live taping is tomorrow. It's happening at the Politics and Pros at Union Market starting at 6.30 p.m. We're going to break down the week's top stories, and then we're all going out for drinks in the neighborhood. So come hang out with us and see how we make this show. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. I'm Michael Schaefer from Politico. If these suggestions were useful to you, send the episode on to your friends and family, too. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. I'm Michael Schaefer from Politico. If these suggestions were useful to us, ah.